I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The Tuesday twin, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right. So we're still in the midst of COVID, everything going on. My yeah, family it still I, exists. Yes. Yes, it still does. Believe it or not, <laughs> some people out there think it's gone. Saw a guy um, at the grocery store, no mask, touching everything. Just someone someone referred to oh, I was on me. a phone call the other day, and somebody said, literally referred to, they're like, yeah, well, since post-COVID, we have, <laughs> like, like, post, are we sure we're post? But anyway, so <laughs> we've, we've, my family and I, we've stayed home for the most part, you know, as much as we can. I'm still working from home a lot, but working in the office some, blah, blah, blah. But is it safe to go to the zoo? Because (laughs) this is, we've been wanting to take our son, and I've been trying to think of like socially distant outdoor type things. Those are the things I'm more comfortable with. And if we mask up, I just want to know if somebody, people who listen to this podcast, a lot of people in Dallas who listen to this podcast, we're trying to go to Dallas Zoo. Is this a thing? Tweet at me and tell me if there's a lot of people going. If you've went, give me the advice. Uh, during COVID times, I know you have to schedule a time to go, but I feel like that's one of the safer family-friendly options during COVID, right? The yeah, I feel, like the, I feel like the outdoor places are, are better, right? Especially if they have social distance guidelines. Zoo might be hard because there's not necessarily built-in lines. Like Even a theme park, I feel like, is a little bit easier than that because you have lines you can social distance the lines at least i know for disney everybody has to be masked up there's lines literally on the floor you have to like stand at a certain place behind somebody in a line there's people everywhere telling everybody to keep masks on so like disney i feel like is even a pretty safe place they check your temperature before you go in so like i feel like that kind of they also are limiting the amount of people that can come in so it just depends on what you know what the zoo is doing so yeah if you've been to the zoo and you you know like oh yeah it's it's you know seems really safe they're doing all these measures like let us know let me know if you work at the zoo who knows if you work at the zoo and you listen to this podcast please reach out i want to know that demographic (laughs) oh we had a avery and i had a friend that worked at the zoo it feels like a cool place to work especially if i was like college yeah he was out of college but he worked for like their marketing or whatever but yeah it was a good it was a good job he said anyway weird opening i know sorry guys (laughs) isaac wants to take his two-year-old to the zoo (laughs) Yes, yes, I do. All right, so on today's episode, we are going to talk about trade partners for the Dallas Mavericks. We're continuing our series going through every single team alphabetically to talk about these teams and which players the Mavericks could potentially trade for because we think that's the best way this season, at least, for the Mavericks to add some more talent. This week, we're going to go through the Clippers, the Lakers, and possibly the Grizzlies, the Heat maybe. It depends on what we get through. So that's what we're going to start with today. Uh, We're going to go through all those teams and talk about that. But before we get to that, Isaac, I have a couple of news points that I want to talk about today because there's just a couple of newsy things that have happened around the NBA. Mm. By the way, it was reported yesterday, Luka Doncic is the youngest player in NBA history to finish in the top four of MVP voting. I thought that was significant. The youngest player ever in the top four. That's pretty wild when you think about it. I mean, I guess, what, do you have to look back... Magic, where Magic might have finished, 
in his early days and he went to LeBron. college for two years yeah sure i forgot about that it's hmm. crazy to look back and see that luca is as good as he is this early it's a, we're a broken record but we say it over and over again he's just going to keep doing things like this but man it's it's wild how good luca is uh, LeBron also is the second oldest to finish in top two in MVP voting. Carl <laughs> Malone did it in 99. He was the oldest one to do it. That's just, I mean, that's the other it end is. of the spectrum. And it's wild to think yeah. about that Luca is, what, 15 years away from where LeBron is <laughs> right now? LeBron's longevity and his durability. Like, that's the thing about LeBron that I think gets overlooked more than anything is his durability. At his size, what and the fact that he's not had any major injury. When you look back Crazy. at like majority of the like greatest players of all time, they've all like missed years for the most like even like Jordan, Jordan didn't play. I mean, Jordan lost some college years, Jordan lost the year he broke his foot. Like all of his records are considering that, you know, Jordan's even look at like Durant's recently and just it feels like Co- I mean Kobe and his Achilles feels like everybody like has a lost year or multiple years. It's like LeBron's never had and it's like a huge testament to him. Uh, I guess some luck a little bit, but I want to give him like more credit for that because I mean you read stories forever about how much money he spends in taking care of his body and just everything. So that's wild. I know it was hard for you to say that, and I appreciate you saying it. Was, that. It was hard. <laughs> All right, LeBron, I got that LeBron, out. LeBron though, the most he's the most time he's missed from an injury was last year with that hamstring. <laughs> which is was pretty wild That's that wild. was the most he's missed with an injury. Uh, he also, like in that game too, he you know kind of tweaks his ankle a little bit, kind of like stomps the floor a couple times and seems like he's just regenerated. It's just it's crazy it's like to Black see. like Black Panther. Yeah, it's insane to see how he handles that. So that, I thought that was interesting. Also, I did not realize that this was happening until today. The Warriors announced their voluntary minicamp starts Wednesday. It will run through October 6th. The Hornets and the Hawks also started some voluntary group practices. They're in like their own little bubble. So some of the Delete 8 teams are starting to do some of these off, I guess, quote-unquote off-season uh, workouts and group practices, which I don't know how much good is going to come out of it. I'm happy for our other our friends at the other Lockdown Pods. They'll probably have quotes and things to talk about and finally get some answers for questions, but I thought that that was interesting as well. Those fan bases... There's a decent likelihood that it's going to be almost a calendar year by the time they see their team plays again or play again. Crazy. I mean, we for some of those teams, March. it's going to be many calendar years before they play a relevant game. <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> but like, even if the season starts, you know, January, let's just say February. If the season starts February 1st, that's still 10 and a half months since they, we've seen a meaningful basketball game. Like, if you're one of the Elite Eight teams, that has to be miserable. Absolutely. So, sorry. Yeah, we are, we are very thankful to be not in that place anymore because we were recently, qu- quite recently. So, thought that, that was interesting as well. Also, Sham Sharania came out with a huge piece talking about the Clippers, and this was a quote from the piece. I haven't read this yet, but I have it bookmarked. In the postgame locker room Tuesday night, George Paul George was preaching to teammates to remain committed for all the players to return to the team this offseason and stay ready to make another run. It was met by some eye rolls and bewilderment, sources said, because George did not back up his words with actions in the series, and the team has multiple free agents with decisions to make. George scored 10 points on 4 of 16 shooting and 2 of 11 from three-point range in Game 7 defeat. Quote, we can only get better the longer we stay together and the more we're around each other, George said after the game. I think that's really the tale of this season. We just didn't have enough time together. So Paul George is like, 
guys, guys, no, really. We're going to be really good if you guys come back. Please, everyone, come back. He's like, Trez, Marcus Morris. Hey, Jamichael Green, I know you have this player option coming up, but can y'all just come back, please? We need to make another run. No. Oh, man. I thought the it was met with eye rolls and bewilderment. That means somebody told him that, right? Like somebody, yeah. somebody like snitched and said that to Shams because Shams wasn't in there. Doc. Crazy. Crazy. I thought that was a wild quote. All right. Let's get into some of these trade targets. We'll talk about some of these trade pieces from the Clippers, from the Lakers. We'll talk about both of them coming up. But before we do that, Isaac Harris, you know where to go. If you need a part for your car, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I think we can just say that over and over again, and people will understand eventually and get it into their brains. The place you need to go to get auto parts is rockauto.com. Their goal is to get all the parts available for your car or truck right in front of you, to be able to see all the prices right in front of you. Their catalog is remarkably unique and easy to navigate. You can look at all of them. You just sort by what car you have. All of them are available right in front of you. It's a great way to sort and organize your thoughts If when it comes to car parts. You don't have to go to a store, try and remember what you're trying to get, write a list down. You don't have to go and go to multiple different stores to try and figure out exactly what you needed for your car or to see if they have the part. You just go to rockauto.com. Best of all, Rock Auto prices are always reliably low, and they're the same for do-it-yourselfers and for professionals. You're not getting some backdoor price. You're getting the price that's right there for you. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us box? They know that we sent you. Again, write in Locked On in there. How did you hear about us box? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some of these trade targets. We have the Los Angeles Clippers up first. Whew. I, I just want to preface this real quick. So we've been doing this over the past like three weeks. We've looked at this. People have sent us, um, you know, people will send us trades all the time. It's fun talking about offseason, roster moves, construction, free agents, trades, all this stuff. And we're like, hey, let's just take a, a day of the week. Let's take a handful of teams and just look at the possibilities. Reminder, we're not saying that Mavericks should do all these deals. These are just type of types of deals we could see the Mavericks entertaining or the other team in the scenario entertaining or throwing out there that might fit a timeline or whatever it is. Some of them are just possible, and so we want to talk about and use it essentially as a brain exercise. So like this one, we'll probably talk about Porzingis for Paul George, right? We would talk about that, but it doesn't mean the Mavericks would even consider that or that they would do it, but it gets you thinking, all right, how much do I actually value Porzingis? How much does the injury stuff scare me? You know, all that kind of stuff. So that's why we do some of these and mention the ones that we do. We're not trying to trade all the Mavericks players we're just suggesting some of these so that we can kind of get an idea of what this Mavericks roster looks like in the future how they can get better and some of their you know value across the league so good apt point from Isaac Harris Los Angeles Clippers next season looking at the 2020-2021 season they have Paul George Kawhi Leonard for 35 and 34 million guaranteed their next biggest contract is Patrick Beverly at 13 million then they have Lou Williams at eight Zubach at seven, Magru- Roddy Magruder, who didn't play a lot in the playoffs, five million, Landry Shamit at two million, Fiondu Cabin Gelly, two million. You like how I pronounce that? Terrence Mann yeah. at one point five million, Joakim Noah on a non guaranteed, and then uh, everybody else is a free agent. Jermichael Green is a player option. Patrick Patterson's a free agent. Montrez Harrell's an unrestricted free agent. Marcus Morris is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, our guy Jonathan Motley's unrestricted free agent. So, and then Reggie Jackson as well as an unrestricted free agent. Anybody stick out to you right away from the Clippers who are going to have to make some moves and they're already with their guaranteed contracts at that 109 cap mark? 
Yeah, I mean, for them moving forward to next year, they got to figure out what they're going to do with the free agents, specifically Montrez Harrell, what they're going to do with that. But as far as trade pieces, we don't know what the Clippers... I mean, we've seen stuff, everything thrown out there from... I mean, I think our boy, our favorite analyst, the best in the world, Kendrick Perkins. Okay. Uh, somebody sent me something the other day where he was on... ESPN or something saying that they're going to like just really blow it up and move a lot of pieces and whatever it is. And I don't, I don't imagine them. Okay. This is just a simple, if they want to get a pick, they've obviously traded a bunch of picks for Paul George. They want to get another cost control contract in there. They want to get a little younger. They want to, you know, switch up something a little bit. Would you entertain if you're Dallas, a Lou Williams for pick 18 and something else? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I thought about I thought about Lou Williams because he's going to so, be making eight million. He's a um, he's an expiring contract next year at eight million dollars, which is like way underpaid, right? They're paying Patrick yes. Beverly thirteen and Lou Williams eight. Uh, man, that that's pretty wild. Would Lou Williams be redundant with Seth Curry? And would you do? Would you want to play them both together? See, that's the thing. That's the thing I come back to because what's crazy is. <laughs> Obviously, Lou, Lou Williams being better than Seth Curry. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Just so yeah, and what's even like more crazier is <laughs> Lou is just three years older than Seth, and Lou turn Lou's 33 right now, but he turns 34 in like a month, I think. And I think Do you Seth know he's gonna is celebrate what, his thir- birthday. Is Magic City back open? <laughs> no, so. So when you think about it that way, that part's kind of wild because Lou feels like Lou's been in the league forever, which he has been in the league for for a long time. But still, so, okay, let's just say if it was a straight-up swap, Seth and pick 18 for Lou Williams. And, like, one, why would Dallas do it? Why would Dallas do it? Because, one, you're getting a six-man-of-the-year candidate in Lou Williams who is a better um ISO player, you can you know run that offense through him in the second unit. You can maybe give Luca a little bit break. I wouldn't say Luke. I mean, uh, Lou would finish games because I think that was one of the biggest flaws with the Clippers in that Nuggets series because Lou would get torched. But he would give him a little bit more offensively throughout the regular season. You would be sacrificing the 18th pick for sure, but you would also be clearing up some 2021 cap space too. So slight. Upgrade over Seth Curry? Would you maybe maybe more than a slight upgrade over Seth yeah, Curry? I think it's definitely an upgrade. I mean, it's, upgrade it's, over Seth. You lose the draft pick, but you gain cap space in twenty twenty one. Imagine all the things that Trey Burke did for the Mavericks in the bubble. Lou Williams does those things every night. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff. So you're adding that type of player. You're adding you know that. Why would the clip? I don't not. I don't. I guess the Clippers would just do it because. The Lou Williams thing defensively just did not work. So they want to bring somebody else in. They wanted to get a pick back. They, you know, maybe they want to make a different deal. Like I don't know why they would. I don't know why the Clippers would want to do that though. Well, yeah, I mean, I think for them, you, they're looking. They would look at it and say, "Hey, we want another shooter." And I mean, I, yeah, Seth's a, a little bit better. I mean, I thought I think Lou shot thirty five percent from three this past year. Seth shot at four, you know, forty percent. Uh, and they get the first round pick because they don't I really have first round picks. So they get the 18th pick and they can move around, do whatever with that. And I don't know if you know this or not. This could be breaking news to you. Did you know that Doc Rivers is Seth Curry's father in law? And that connection, and then we'd have Seth and Paul George on the same team. Oh my God. <laughs> But anyway, um, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm, I am son a son that Doc Rivers never had. Oh wait, 
we don't acknowledge Austin Rivers. But no, I mean, why the why Dallas wouldn't do that? Because Lou Will is thirty four, basically, he is bad at defense. Seth is a little younger. <laughs> Seth, Seth can play better. Uh, I think Seth can play better with Luca. Um, and then, yeah, you you could do something with your eighteenth pick. So I'm not saying Dallas should do that, but that's a type of move I could see them entertaining because that would make your team a little bit better. I think this year and for a postseason run or whatever. But what about the Bleacher Report article that they came out with the article a few days ago and. Um, I don't think it was Dan. It could have been Dan Favelle, but uh, it was like trades that make sense for each team. And they had a really simple one in there. And it was Jalen Brunson for Landry Shamit. And their explanation was, hey, you know, the Clippers need a better, you know, backup point guard. Somebody that's better than Reggie Jackson. Brunson could give them that. For Dallas, you would get a, I think, what did Shamit shoot from three this past year? He's a pretty dang good three point shooter. He shot 37% from from for three. Uh, last five, year, he five shot attempts. 40. Yeah, last year he shot 42% from three on five attempts. So for Dallas, you know, you'd be swapping out, obviously, this playmaking guy in Jalen Brunson for a 40%, another another 40% in a three-point shooter in Lander Shamit. How do you, like, is that like a wash for you? Would you, like, how do you feel about that? Yeah, what if they did both deals, right? <laughs> they did the, the Seth Curry with the pick for Lou. And by the way, the Seth Curry thing, I just thought about this. Seth Curry signed for longer than... A couple of years. So if they want the long term deal, they're not going to get Lou Williams for eight million, but they can get, you know, like what, seventy five percent, seventy percent of Lou Williams with Seth Curry. If they wanted yeah. that for a longer term deal, that's not going to be making, I don't know, twenty or something, whatever million Lou's going to make. If they decided to do that instead, that could also be a benefit. So if they did both those deals at the same time, Lou Williams and Shamit for Curry and Brunson, and, and then the pick, does hmm. Dallas get better? I think next year they would be better, yeah. How quick would people be be writing the Jason Terry Lou Williams articles? <laughs> does uh does SI already have that in the <laughs> SI already has that ready in the drafts. Clutch, clutch point all clutch points already has Lou Williams <laughs> with like a tattoo on his bicep. It's like Jet 2.0 right yeah, now. It's just it's just Lou Williams <laughs> over Jet's face. Yeah, that for sure would definitely be one. Um yeah, I think that with the with the Sham it for Jalen Brunson. You're basically just trading a shooter for a playmaker. Which one would you rather have? And I think Jalen Brunson could be a little bit more than yeah. the, the player that Shamit is. I think he can give you a little bit more. I think they're probably about the same level production playing-wise right now, but I think Jalen Brunson has more to give than what Shamit can. Shamit's going to light it up from three for sure, and you can never get enough shooters like that, but I think i take Brunson. We, we've seen, what a, we've wanna... seen what a playmaker can do like that in this this offense. Yes, I think it would be one of those situations where if they went out and they got another piece through another trade or free agency, whatever, and they got another playmaker, then I would be more open to it. But as currently constructed, Jalen Brunson is kind of important to this team because we don't have a ton of playmakers on the team. Yeah, depending on what happens with J.J. Barea, depending on seems like he's going to be gone, depending on what happens with Trey Burke, you know, if you can't replace somebody like that, you, you need maybe Jalen Brunson to step into that role. So that's an interesting one for me. For sure. Uh, any thoughts on Patrick Beverly? Thirteen point three million next year. Fourteen point three million the year after that. We really wanted for him. We pined for him all off season to be brought in as a free agent, and now it's like, are we sure we really want Patrick Beverly? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just kind of out on him. I'm not gonna lie. There's really? just something you were so gung ho about I Beverly. Was. This there summer. was just there was something about this playoffs, and that just hit me differently with him. 
that just made me kind of kind of almost Paul George a little bit too. But there was just something about I'm not I'm not out on on Montrez Harrell. I like him. I would love him on the Mavs. Y'all know that, but. I don't know. There's just something, and especially if he was an expiring contract, maybe too, but his contract does eat into that 2021 space. I don't, I just don't know exactly what I would be willing to give up to get him. And like, I, I don't want to give up Seth Curry for Pat Beverly. I don't, I don't know if, I mean, there's probably a lot of people that disagree with me on that, but I just don't think what he brings. I don't know. I'm, I think it's kind of overrated at this point, to be honest. Well, especially if he's going to foul out of all these games and get in foul trouble by, you know, playing defense like that. I mean, you have to be able to bring a little bit more. Now, he didn't get to play with a playmaker like like Luca, right? One of the problems that the, you know, the the Clippers ended up with against Denver was that they didn't have a playmaker to kind of decide where the offense was going. And they just had these guys that can get their get their shot wherever they want, but you need somebody that's going to set up other guys a little bit more. And so maybe Patrick Beverly next to somebody like that, maybe that's better. But yeah, yeah, I feel like he's just a laughing joke now. I feel like, (laughs) you know, there's good defenders in the league that are well respected, but he's not Marcus Smart. He's not Drew Holiday. He's not one of those guys to where he goes against somebody and people are like, yeah, yeah, man, this is going to be a tough night. I think people just get hyped to play against him now because everybody hates him. Like, I mean, when you, you, the the Blazers guys are like openly trolling him (laughs) on Twitter after they get put out. Like, people just don't like the guy. And I don't, I I just don't think he, I think he's kind of, I think his gimmick and his shtick is kind of over at this point. Yeah, that that one you can call a shtick for sure, I think. <laughs> I think you can call that a shtick. Watch the Mavs trade for him in like two well, months, know, and I'm like, like, hey, but great pot, let's go. To be honest, that might be a reason why the Mavericks didn't go after. Like, remember, he wasn't one that the Mavericks really went after this summer. Yeah. It, it didn't really seem, we were all very confused. Like, why wouldn't you go after Patrick Beverly? And they decided not to. And maybe that was because of the personality he is. They didn't think it would fit in the locker room. It'd be that enforcer type guy, but that yeah. might be, you know, there's a difference between enforcer and crazy. And maybe, maybe Patrick yeah. Beverly's a little crazy. <laughs> all right. Coming up, let's move on. Let's talk about the Lakers and maybe if they have some players, if they do have any players next year, the Lakers, the Mavericks could trade for and then possibly talk about the Grizzlies. Let's talk about both those teams coming up. All right, Isaac, let's. Move on and talk about some trade targets from the Los Angeles Lakers. Next season, they basically just have for guaranteed contracts LeBron making 39 million, Danny Green making 15.3. They have Alex Caruso making 2.7, Kuzma making 3.5, and then Taylor Horton Tucker making 1.5. So they basically have LeBron, Danny Green, and the three guys on rookie deals. Anthony Davis. KCP, Avery Bradley, Rondo, and JaVale all have player options. Quinn Cook is a non-guaranteed. And then their free agents are Marcus Morris, Dudley, uh, Dwight Howard. And that's pretty much it. They're still paying Lou Dang, by the way, <laughs> next year and the year after that. Still paying Give Luol. him a ring. Still paying Lou Dang. By the way, you know who's still paying A.J. Hammonds? Miami? They're st- yeah, they're still, they're still in the playoffs. It's Miami. <laughs> Making 350K this year and next year with Miami. Good for you, A.J. Hammonds. Keep getting them checks, man. Uh, Lakers, anybody stick out to you? I mean, it seems like Danny Green's expiring. That's the only thing we can talk about. I know. That's the only one. I mean, is Danny Green, yeah, it's an expiring contract, 15.3 million. He's 33. He shot, what, 36% from three this past year. I don't think he was as well in the playoffs at all. Yeah, I don't think he was as good as maybe advertised, but okay, who would have to. Assuming Tim Hardaway opts in, who would have to add more to the deal? Oh, man, that's so hard. 
for a Tim for Danny Green swap? Because you you'd say Danny Green, Tim's a better shooter. I'd say better overall player right now. Danny Green's probably a better. I'm going uh, to push back. I, Danny Green shot 45% last year. <laughs> I mean, advertised, like, the, the way he's been shooting his whole career. Man, remember the nine threes he made for the Spurs in the finals? I mean, guy can really yeah. light it up. He's just been really off this year. Maybe that's decline. Maybe it's just an off year. It's, it is a weird year. Maybe shooting-wise, he's just not. There's something going on there, but, yeah. Do the Lakers have a first-round pick this year? Ooh, that's a good question. I have not. Like, if the Lakers have, if the Lakers have like, the, you know... 27th pick or something they'd say hey Danny Green in 27 for Tim Hardaway and then Dallas turns around and says okay we'll swap out Tim for Danny Green and then we'll take both of these first the 18th and 27 to move up to get some you know a, a young wing in this you know that late lottery range that they want something like that Lakers I don't do know. have their own pick this year so I don't like I think I, next year I would prefer Tim Hardaway over Danny Green but I, I, I want to say the Lakers would have to add something to that. How wild, how far have we come in what, like 15, 16 months? That's true. Remember, Tim but, had a good year. Man, I guess I guess it'd be a year, actually, because we'd be doing media day about now. Remember a year ago at this time, we were talking about, man, is Tim Hardaway going to have a place in this rotation? And he had an incredible year. I mean, what a what a way to change his stock. And Danny Green did not have that great of a year, especially in the playoffs. So they've, they've really switched a little bit there. And Danny Green's getting older. He's expiring contract. I guess Tim would be an expiring contract if he picked up his option. Three million Tim would more be great for Tim on that Hardaway. Lakers team, too. Tim Hardaway would be great on that this Lakers team, by the way. Um, yeah, I saw a story about Lonzo Ball, by the way, and they were looking up the guards that had played the most minutes and taken the least amount of drives, and Tim Hardaway was like bottom three. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty I wild. I did not expect that. He's really toned down those those drives at the rim and those, you know, he's real pull-up shooter. But yeah, I think that I think, you know, Danny Green's kind of the only piece on the Lakers you look at. Caruso, Kuzma, you know, you don't want Kuzma, right? No. Carl, Isaac's no, like, I just think Isaac's like I wouldn't even take him for free. <laughs> no, I, he's not that bad. I just think he's really overrated. But that's the, that's their only card. I mean, to really get another, if they make any type of other trade, Kuzma is like their their card in that. So I think they'll just hold on to him, and if they have to make another trade, yeah, we'll see. I don't think the, the Lakers are just they're just re upping their guys and whatever free agents they can bring in. All right, let's move on to the Memphis Grizzlies, who have a lot of players. Memphis Grizzlies still have Gorgie Jang making $17.2 million. Do you think if I asked like a thousand NBA fans and none of them are Memphis fans, who's the most, who's the highest paid player on Memphis next year <laughs> or this year? Do you think no, anyone could know. say Gorgie Jang or even pronounce his name? <laughs> no, they wouldn't. That's wild to me. Still making 17.2 expiring contract. Jonas Valanciunas making 15 million. Justice Winslow making 13 million. And then it drops down to the rookie rookie deal guys, I guess. Uh, I guess Tyus Jones was not a, a rookie deal, but Tyus Jones making 8.8. And our boy. Eight. Your boy, your nemesis, Kyle Anderson making 9.9. John Morant making 9.1 on the rookie deal. Jaron Jackson as well, rookie deal. Uh, Guterich making 2.7. Brandon Clark on the rookie deal. Grayson Mm. Allen on the rookie deal. Dylan Brooks now with his extension, $11.4 million next year. DeAnthony Melton, restricted free agent. So they're all guaranteed. I mean, the only option they have is is DeAnthony Melton. So anybody on there interests you for the Mavs? I mean, there's definitely players that interest me. They're, they're just in this weird spot as a franchise to where I don't think nothing really works for Dallas because 
you know, they made the trade for Winslow. So I think they want to run it back with Winslow. They're not getting rid of any of their young guys. You know, they're obviously building around John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, Dylan Brooks, they gave the extension. I think he played, you know, fits well. That didn't. Brandon Clark, we love Brandon Clark. For sure. I just, they're, they're not getting rid of any of these guys. I don't know where they're at as far as like draft pick wise to where, the, you know, these young teams, they reach a point to where you either re- so bad that you just want so many picks because you want more swings at it. But then you reach a point like your Memphis or like where Atlanta's at now. I'd say Memphis is a little ahead of Atlanta to where you get two or three of those cornerstone pieces, and then you're like, "Hey, I need vets at this point. I don't want. I don't need any more young guys." So, I think that's where Memphis could be at right now. Yeah, their pick goes to Boston this year, and then if it's between eight and fourteen, it goes to Utah next year. Uh, their next year's pick, but yeah, Memphis is in a similar situation to the Mavs, really, where they yeah. made these deals. They have these two cornerstones to build around. They're kind of a worse version of the Mavericks right now, and like maybe a step behind in their development. Um, and then Luca is just leaps and bounds ahead of both Jaron Jackson and John Morant. But um, yeah, but then they have they also have these pieces that they traded for with big contracts that they traded to get other talent. Right, Gorgi Jang, Jonas Valanciunas, kind of like the Tim Hardaway you know, Courtney Lee deals that the Mavericks had. And now they're just, you know, trying to figure out how to get vets around them. Exactly. Like you said, that's the, that's the thing for them. It's, it's Jonas or Gorgie and, you know, Valanciunas, his contract goes into 2021 at, you know, he makes 14 million guaranteed in 2021. So I don't want to touch that. It's not no. worth it. We have Boban and he gives you, I mean, what, Jonas was really, good the, of, you know? was really good in the seeding games yeah. and on the way up to, you know, them not making, you know, not beating the Blazers, but he's just a different type of player. You have to kind of game plan with him. That's the, it goes into the bullpen approach for Dallas to where we already have Porzingis. We have Boban here. We have Maxi. We have these guys. And it's like, all right, well, even if you, you know, have some type of trade for Gorgie at $17.2 million, it's an expiring contract, but the only reason you would trade for that is if you're getting off future money, but I don't, it's not worth it at that, that point. I, I don't, I don't care about any, like I'm not trading Maxi or Seth Curry or, I mean, heck I wouldn't even trade DeLon, you know, in a deal to get off DeLon's money for, you know, Gorgie Jinx for a guy like, uh, we love Gorgie, like Gorgie's awesome dude, but it's like, how much is he going to play for Dallas if you trade for him? So I just don't, honestly, I don't see anything that would work out for Memphis as far as it, like that would be realistic for them to do. Man, would you, you look at Tyus Jones uh, paying him eight point eight million this year, eight point three million next year, and the massive Jalen Brunson on that second, you know, that second round rookie deal? Basically, that's pretty wild. Those guys are giving you just about the same thing, in my opinion. Yeah, because Memphis. I mean, if you look back at it, Memphis basically chose Tyus Jones over Delon. You know, they wanted yeah. to bring D- uh, Tyus Jones in, and it basically signed it to almost the same deal. They signed and traded Delon to Dallas, got a couple second round picks from Dallas, and in return, turned around, signed Tyus Jones to a three year deal, roughly around the same amount of money. So uh, they just picked Tyus Jones over Delon, and I don't know. I guess you could argue who's better. Yeah. Well. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I even went the Brunson route. I think I'd rather have Brunson at that small deal than than Tyus Jones. Oh yeah, but, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your nemesis Kyle Anderson, no interest. No. Wing guy, Bye. pretty good no. defender, playmaker. Too slow. <laughs> it's always gonna be the, always gonna be the thing the thing on him. <laughs> All right, there you go, man. That ended really anticlimactic. Dylan Brooks, any interest in him? Eleven point four million, twelve point two, and then eleven point four. I like him. I just I I think they like him too, and it's just. I don't know what, like, 
Seth Curry for Dylan Brooks? I don't I don't think so. I mean, I, I just don't know how much better you know Dylan Brooks is. Yeah, I mean, I guess you want to talk about Dylan Brooks for DeLon, but Dylan Brooks means more to their team than what DeLon would bring to their team. And so they, they literally just got rid of DeLon. They could have yeah, kept they, DeLon. Yeah. Exactly. So and Memphis just in, yeah, they're in this this weird spot because yeah, I don't think they're not trying to clear up cap space for twenty twenty one. They know. I mean yeah. they're they're not a Giannis player. They're not one of these but they're a guy that they're a team that can come in. They're they're a type of team that comes in and overpays for somebody like a Bertons. You know, somebody like that that's going to come in and fit with their team, fit around, you know, John Morant. They need some more wings on this team. They have their one, they have their five. Uh, and now they need some wings. And whether they go out in free agency, they spent some of their money on just I mean, Justice Winslow could could be that. That's the thing that people don't talk about this team that, you know, when they traded for Winslow, he got hurt. I would have loved to see a healthy Justice Winslow with this Memphis team, and I think they could be fun. They'll be another. They'll be fun again. They were fun this past year, but they'll yeah. be fun again next year for sure. They're definitely gonna be fun again. All right, there you go. That's some trade targets. Tomorrow we're gonna talk about Goran Dragic and What If Wednesday. We're bringing it back, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Hey, what's up? This is Lou Williams. If you want the best wings, Magic City is where they brings them wings. Magic City brings. The wings.